Hello and welcome to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast with your hosts, Tyler W. Moore and David Wayne Young. Yes, welcome everyone to the Halloween special for 2020. I'm Tyler. Ooh, and I'm David Young. <laughs> and <Spooky> today. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and today we are talking about uh, two very specific movies. Spooky movies. Um, the two very specific spooky movies. That would be uh, the Sony Dracula and Frankenstein, uh, otherwise known as Bram, Bram Stoker's Dracula and Mary Shelley's Frankenstein from the from the early nineties. Yes, indeedo. <laughs> it's always really difficult to like categorize. If you say Bram Stoker's Dracula, most people will think of the 1992 movie, right? Uh, but I have, number one, I don't think most people know that the Frankenstein movie exists. I didn't. Uh, I know I didn't. I I didn't for a while. I think I learned that much later. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, they 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 made these two movies. I don't think they made any others like this. Um both produced by Francis Ford Coppola. Um, and I've been wanting to, you know, I've been wanting to watch Dracula for years. And of course I'm a huge Frankenstein fan, as we all know. Right. Uh, so I've also wanted to check out the other one just based on Dracula's reputation. Um, but before we get into the movies, David, let's talk about something that happened <laughs> with our last episode. What happened? Uh, so I don't know if you remember uh, last month when we released our um, uh, torture podcast uh, for the first time ever. One of the filmmakers whose movies we talked oh, about. Oh, that's right. Listen to our episode. Yes. Or no, it may not be the first time, but it's the first time we have proof. Yes, that's true. And we I mean, we've also met uh, someone who directed something we've talked about. Um, oh, OK. We we. We met the, I think I told you about this, we met the guy who directed the Bible Man episode we watched. That's right! For uh, Directed Dumpster. Yeah, you did tell um, me. I didn't find that out until after I met him. And, <laughs> listen, l- luckily both people that we've uh, now had some kind of interaction with, uh, very we good weren't sports. too hard on their movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and very good sports. Yeah. <laughs> I felt a little bit bad about making a joke saying I was going to tear his movie apart, <laughs> but... Oh, the um, Starleaf one, you mean? Yeah, yeah, Starleaf, yeah. And yeah, by the way, it was it was the director of Starleaf. Very good sport. Uh, thank, thanks for listening, buddy. I'm sure you're not listening to this one. Um, <laughs> but I, that was a momentous occasion. I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, huge deal for us. Yes. <laughs> so let's... Let's get into the movies here, David. Uh, starting with Dracula 1992, hey. directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Um, let me ask you first. Did you, you... You hadn't watched this movie before, you said, right? I I think at one point I thought I did, but I have definitely never seen it before. Um, you, you, I knew... I mostly just knew it by reputation. You can know by uh, seeing um, old Dracula... You know, if, if you see him and you're like, well, that looks new, then you know you've not seen this before. <laughs> you know, the big, like, <laughs> yeah. gray heart-shaped hair deal that he has going yeah. on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
No, for the longest time, um, I've I've never really I never really liked the way he looked in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I've over the last few years I've kind of gotten over that. I feel like he looks fine. Uh, it's you know an interesting interpretation. I I I find I find this one very interesting as a whole. Yep. With with how it uh, presents the story because it's one of the most accurate to the book. I and I'll say I've never read the novel, but um just from what I know it's like it's extremely accurate, but it adds quite a bit like I think it a lot of does. uh the, like the prologue is all um interpreted is all invented and well yeah, or in, in some way. Um one way or another. And they also like, you know, try to make a very literal um comparison to uh like uh vlad the impaler and everything well funnily enough you're in the company of someone who's actually read the novel um so (laughs) i will tell you uh it is one of uh one of the most literally accurate um and it's also it's how do i put this it's also one of the ones that sexualizes the Dracula yes. myth the most. And, I mean, I, I wrote a dissertation on this in high school. So, I mean, you know, I, I've kind of gotten very intimately, um, <laughs> ignore the pun, but intimately <laughs> no, no familiar with, uh, um, with how people uh, sexualize vampires and the Dracula myth. So, um, right. We kind of talked about that when we talked about the other Dracula. Yeah, we did a little bit a couple years ago. Um, but, and I mean, we'll, we'll, we can definitely, unless you want to get into that right now. Oh no, it's it's fine. You touch on what you want to touch on. I'm here for the partnership. Uh, let's, let's, let's try our, let's try our best to kind of go, uh, chronological here, I guess. Sure. So, uh, like, like we talked about a second ago, the, uh, the prologue is kind of expanded upon, uh, or uh, either invented or kind of just like, you know, very, very different, uh, from, from the source material. Uh, but it's incredible. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, this movie is red as fuck. Yep. <laughs> um, you know when you're like, in Romania. Yes. Oh, and like it's just like it's like the movie is just visually beautiful. Like it's definitely very over the top in its presentation. Like some of the costumes are fucking ridiculous, mm-hmm. but I love them. Uh, and I was I I was wondering if that was something I was going to like. But and you know it's very it's very theatrical. Oh yeah. Um, with its with its uh, performances and some of the camera angles are like you know something like. In a lot of other movies, you might roll your eyes at, uh, but like, I I love how uh, dramatized <laughs> this was. It was like, I, I was like, I was constantly like just so excited for everything that was happening in this movie, and with the like, I think it's a little over two hours. Um, it you know it it manages to keep the ball rolling. Damn, bo- damn boy, <laughs> you got yourself a good movie on your hands. Oh yeah. Well, and it's funny because not only is it able to keep up, you know, pace-wise, but you know, the fact that it's able to introduce so many different elements to help characterize 
uh, everyone that's present um more so than you do in the novel by any extent it's um it's really interesting like um you know there are some scenes between uh mina and dracula in the city that are added obviously but yeah um you know like the absinthe thing is just so like revealing and powerful yeah you know and i was like you know i remember watching it as a high schooler for the first time and i i was like wait why why is she so you know enraptured by him and you know um i i don't know it just it makes you ask more questions the whole thing yes you know um which and is what it you always it always kind of connects like it, it never it like you're never like confused no yeah you just want to know more mm-hmm. yes um like uh stylistically by the way like i mean you can tell that this is a francis ford coppola movie and i uh potentially his last good one <laughs> um <laughs> uh but like i mean it's like you can tell like oh man yeah this is the guy who directed apocalypse now because there's so like there's such a great use of the um like uh blended shots especially like in the first act mm-hmm. like which was used very effectively in apocalypse now and like uh, there's just like there's so much going on like they kind of start you out when you uh when you have jonathan meet dracula you know obviously we already know <laughs> i mean like you're gonna know from the beginning when you when you pop in a movie called dracula that <laughs> Dracula's a vampire but um like you know you're, like you're kind of looking at it from his point of view for a while mm-hmm. and it's it's very interesting the way they play it uh because at first he just seems like this crazy like eccentric old man uh to him right uh who like you know like there, there's definitely like there's there's always a sense like there's something up but uh as time goes on like yeah no he just he just uh goes fucking crazy <laughs> like uh you got the stuff going on with his shadow like they don't they don't shy away from the mirror thing when he's like shaving and then of course there's just the shaving scene in general <laughs> the shaving scene was absolutely fantastic because so great i i remember reading i mean that was one of my first experiences you know chronologically as i go through the novel is um thinking oh wow they thought to put a mirror in there you know because yeah obviously you know you know that some stuff has been added to the vampire myth from years on you know uh, but Mm -hmm. you know the mirror thing apparently was always there because it's like you see it in the novel and that that scene is another one that has added value now um now now dracula's shaving him and it's just such a big power move that just feels so right in that moment. It it so does. It's like he's he's so like he just becomes so vulnerable in an instant. <laughs> and that's funny coming from a uh, Harker who I mean in reality he's he's very much a stoic. Um mm-hmm. has like literally no no real uh superstition. I mean like he he goes through the first few scenes just like kind of deadpan which i mean it's very true to the character but you know it's frustrating because you're like why isn't he afraid (laughs) yeah and then you know he shows his fear when he's talking about i was i I was running from wolves in a blue inferno what the hell's going on yeah it's beautiful and 
I want to say real quick. So, uh, like, I've always heard about how horrible um, uh, Keanu Reeves' acting is in this. I will say, again, like, I, I've seen that specific scene as reference. I'll say, like, he's definitely miscast in this role. Mm-hmm. Yep. But he's not that bad. Like, if you take the performance as a whole, he's not that bad. Like, he, like it, it, it's serviceable, you know? And I think that people are missing the point. They're missing the point yeah. of what what Jonathan's there to provide. He he is literally our clinical look at who exactly. Dracula is. So, yeah. I mean, because you have others who are motivated by fear, by um, ambition throughout, who face off with Dracula for various reasons. Um, but, you know, Jonathan is our clinical look, our first look. You know, it has yeah. to be somewhat removed. And I think that he does do that. And I'll agree, he doesn't feel like a Jonathan Harker. But at least, you know, he's performing that function correctly, I yeah. think. It's, it's more so the accent than anything, I think. People are really thrown by that. <laughs> yeah, the accents. Uh, it's not just him. <laughs> so. No, that's true. Yeah, Winona Riders isn't, isn't spectacular either. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the Texas one sounds a little odd and forced, too, so... Yeah, that one felt like a cartoon. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think his name's Quincy Moore. The Quincy, uh, Quincy something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's been a while since I've read the, but you know, it's Quincy something. <laughs> <laughs> um, then you got Renfield in this movie. Usually, in a lot of uh, different adaptations I've seen, uh, Renfield is usually uh, combined with Jonathan. Mm. Um, so kind of just seeing him like he's already nuts. Um, He's already eaten flies. <laughs> like, he's he's insane in this movie. And I feel like because, you know, because he's usually combined with another character, I expected to see more with him. Um, but, you know, I enjoyed him. I enjoyed him every moment he was on screen. <laughs> that was, it's just one of my favorites, except for, and it's strange because you'll see Renfield doing a great job acting fucking crazy. And then mm. why the hell is Doc Seward so so like animated when he's talking to him? Yeah, no, that that is true. It's like really off-putting. So as the story progresses, uh we meet the um we meet the concubines <laughs> and uh oh, right. there's a great scene uh, that really threw me for a loop where Dracula feeds him a fucking baby, dude. <laughs> you know who else it threw for a loop? <laughs> this guy over here? <laughs> Jonathan Harker. <laughs> he, was, he was very upset. He didn't like that. Yeah, no, that that one didn't seem to, to, to be as tantalizing. Also, I found it very interesting that they were able to give dracula so many forms i'm just i'm reminded of this now um yeah yeah not only is he a wolf which is cool um because that's yeah. very much in touch with the novel um yes. but you know now he's a giant bat creature and sometimes he's a giant wolf creature that's somewhat like walking on two legs and it's it's yeah, really yeah. interesting i really liked i like that interpretation obviously it's you know it's it's a little bit um they they like they made him more of like a mo like a monster version of the things that Dracula can turn into. Right. Um, 
like I like there there are other adaptations that hint at the wolf thing, right? Um, of course. But like this one is like no, Dracula is a fucking wolf man, <laughs> <laughs> and and I love it so much. I also love the fact that he turns into a mist in this one. Yup. Uh, and not only that, but he's a green mist, and it looks amazing. It totally does. And I I couldn't remember why. I, but I didn't remember the green mist from my first time. That was one thing I was like, oh, he's green? Like, I just, yeah. I was thrown for a loop and I couldn't, I couldn't believe that I didn't remember that. That seemed like such an odd and interesting choice that <laughs> you would think you'd remember it the first time around. But speaking of things that uh, Gary Oldman appears as, um, young Dracula is fucking beautiful. He's, he's yeah. gorgeous. Also, I love that he has a mustache like Dracula actually has. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's all fucking great. Like, he just looks fantastic. Yes. Yeah, I had a little bit of a man crush on young Dracula there. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like that. I think that, if anything, definitely, like, sealed the deal for me. Like, like totally forgiving anything I didn't like about old Dracula. Mm, right. Was like like the fact like you also get this which is like kind of you know like again it just it sort of like ties everything together so so well it's like yeah no Dracula like he like a- as he as he consumes uh be like you know becomes he can he's able to look younger uh he's able to like whether it be I mean you know I don't think you'd have any trouble in the first place but that plus like the you know power he seems to have over people mm. um yep like ha- would have no would have no problem reeling in the babes like <laughs> <laughs> um, babes for days yeah babes for days bro um like yeah no uh, like i can't say enough how much i loved gary oldman as dracula in this movie for sure oh yeah that's not a miscast not in oh any... for sure <laughs> Not in any um, dream. <laughs> um, we also have so speaking of casting, we've got uh, Anthony Hopkins yep. as uh, Van Anthony. Helsing, who's a bit of an oddball in this movie, um, and I love it. <laughs> oh, absolutely! And you know, I like that both of these movies feel like they're from the same period. Yes, you know, yeah. um, and you get that when. Uh, you have the two different operating theater scenes, the one that we'll visit in Frankenstein and the one we visit with Van Helsing here. I do think there's about a hundred year difference. No, I know. Uh, I, 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 I realize that, but um, you know, just to, just to, just, just make a note. <laughs> yeah. But it, but it uh, feels similar and that's, it's interesting to note. So real quick, uh, we've got, we've got Mina and Lucy, uh, and I de- I definitely enjoy I I enjoy like all of the scenes I I, I enjoy both of them I think they're you know I think they uh, both do pretty well um, but like especially like <laughs> all the shit Lucy goes through <laughs> oh no kidding <laughs> like you know she's a she's a pretty fun character to begin with so like you know just seeing her uh, go through all this knockdown drag out shit. It's just crazy. Um, then you know she uh, uh, she gets uh, torn up. 
and uh, uh, and 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 put in a glass coffin, <laughs> which looks great. The whole funeral scene's really great. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I was gonna say too because um, you know, there's a specific way you imagine these kinds of scenes, like the Lucy, you know, coming back as a vampire scene. Yeah. Um, there's a specific way you visualize them, and I mean you know there's no way that you know um coppola could have known that he was drawing from my mind when he did this <laughs> but it feels like he did because i mean especially even the music, since this it's was just really haunting a couple years you know? older than you right exactly <laughs> but um no it, it just feels like uh you know like the music was playing that felt like the music that was playing in my head whenever she returns oh yeah you know, like, the whole thing's very haunting, very, you know, it, it's very stylistically well done. Um, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where you, you hope and pray that it'll look and feel the way it will because you've read the book, and yeah. it does, um, which is nice because nice. that rarely happens, as we've talked about before. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, um... All, all of those scenes are great. Um, and then, uh, let's see, like, like, like we've talked about and you, like you, you started, um, you started talking about it as well with the, um, the sort of the, the sexy Dracula angle. Um, mm, right. like, you know, we've, we've both, like, I think we've both said, like, especially with this version of it, it's like, you believe it when, uh, Mina wants to be with him and everything. Um, I've, I've, you know, I like uh both like he's like he's just a he's a fucking creep who mind controls women and uh like you, like you know that like, you sicko <laughs> i aspire to be like that <laughs> <laughs> and uh but no like you know like he, he uh like in like that's how he that's how he brings him in and i also like Oh, he's just a fucking sexy playboy motherfucker who can get any woman he wants. Um, and this one balances it like it, it, it kind of uses both like uh, the best I've the best I've seen. Like Lugosi is definitely like he's a like he's a little bit charm like he's charming, mm-hmm. but he's still creepy. So like there's definitely like the the controlling element there. Whereas like yeah, this one like definitely has both angles like 50 50 for sure yeah he's the perfect anti-hero monster of the dracula series or dracula like world you know all the draculas that have come about he he's the one that you feel for the most yeah they definitely played on i don't really and you don't really see it that often where dracula's kind of like uh an object of sympathy you know Mm -hmm. like right uh, so that that was very interesting to see. Much less when here. it's well done. Yes, and I I yeah oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no that was like that was interesting to see and I really enjoyed it like you know th- like this this interpretation is definitely like a- as accurate as it is like definitely in a world of its own. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I re- I really enjoy it. So, uh, so, uh, just speaking about like all those elements, we get to the, uh, the, the blood orgasm scene, <laughs> mm, right? 
<laughs> and um, like it's just like it's like it's so loaded with uh, with all of its themes. Like it's uh, when when um, in case anyone <laughs> didn't pick up what I was talking about there, <laughs> Wait, <what>? um, <laughs> the the scene where um, uh, Mina drinks Dracula's blood. Um, and, you know, basically, like, decides that she's going to become a vampire. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's just, like, it's such, it's such a loaded scene. Um, it's definitely, like, you know, I, I wouldn't put it, like, at, like, the top of my list of se- scenes from the movie, but it's, like, it was definitely one where, like, like, like you, like you said, like, it just started making me think about, like, the implications of everything that was happening in the story, you know? Right. No, it it definitely creates, you know, more of a dynamic between the two than sure. is usually there. Like you mentioned before, I think, um, you know, just that you actually believe that Mina, you know, has a reason to, like, want to be with Dracula in the first place. Whereas, like, uh-huh. other times it's like, well... I mean, it's probably just hypnosis. Like, kind of explain it away in a lazy way. Right. Or not even lazy, just, you know, it's specific to the the monster in Whichever Dracula. Whichever version, right. you know? Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Rather than the person in Dracula. Right. Um, <laughs> not long after that, we have a scene uh, where Van Helsing uh, decapitate, decapitates all the... Um, all the concubines and then tosses their heads in the drink Hell which is yeah. pretty metal it was so <laughs> awesome <laughs> that was a pretty good one like there were just several times i wrote down a scene because i was like i fucking loved it <laughs> and i wrote um we kind of have like this whole like chase down for dracula where um uh they finally catch up with them they have like i think one of the most if if one of the most not if if not only um, uh, novel accurate deaths for Dracula, uh, with the with the knives. Um, oh right. Someone usually like picks some kind of like you know other vampire death, whether it be sunlight or a stake through the heart or whatever. No, this one actually gets it right, even though it like I mean it it adds on to it for sure. Um, but uh, <laughs> so I, I I wrote that note. And then right under it, uh, wrote, damn boy. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I know, I I knew I would know that that's referring to the part where Mina chops his fucking head off. (laughs) It's so awesome. Um, so great. And I think there are a lot of movies that downplay the, the, um, well, a lot of interpretations regardless. I mean, I, I read scripts, um, a lot that deal with this material because you know it's so popular and even then a lot of scripts will downplay the amount of power it takes for mina to literally do that um yeah you know so it's it's nice to see when it's not downplayed yes oh and also a note for everyone out there since you were talking about deaths um never is dracula um, somehow weak to the sun. That's not. That's not a thing. So, forget about it. Other vampires, sure. Why? Why, why not? But Dracula cannot be killed by the sun. So if you come across Dracula, just know, sun's not going to help you. 
Wait, is that not a thing for Dracula? Yeah, it's not a thing. Um, he can walk around in noontime. I mean, yeah, you saw I, it. like the this movie. This movie makes a point of saying that, like, oh, he like he can go out during the day, but he's just weaker. Yeah. Um. So it, like that that would be like an actual accurate thing. Then. Yeah. Yeah. He um. He's actually like. I mean, if you go into like the whole legend, like he's he's locked into certain um like forms during the day. So like you know if if he decides to transform into uh, a wolf at noontime, he can't transform back into himself technically so until sunset. Day, yeah. yeah, exactly. So um, there, there's that kind of limitation at least as far as the novel goes, but nothing in so far as to say like the sun can put him to death you know that's a very mm-hmm. um it's a very non-dracula uh thing you know it it exists elsewhere is what i'm trying to say interesting nice yeah, fun fact well so yeah if you ever run into dracula keep that in mind <laughs> yes exactly it is his month <laughs> and it's the devil's birthday coming up so it's the devil's day so make sure you don't let your children go outside. Well, you probably <laughs> and, uh, shouldn't let your children go outside. You know? uh, I mean, I mean, anytime. Oh, oh, right, yeah, anytime, yeah. Make sure, make sure they don't. They never put on a costume. Right. Well, uh, you know, unless it's sure. God-fearing costumes. Right. Uh, you know, they can like they can dress as Jesus in the uh, in the uh, Christmas like pageant show, uh, but like. That that's the only time that they can put on a costume. But no and, Vlad uh, the Impaler. No Vlad the Impaler. No Power Rangers. No because uh, <laughs> they're of the no devil. SpongeBob. <laughs> no Pikachu's. <laughs> and watch out for Dracula, the real and one. Watch out for Dracula. Yeah, watch out for the real Dracula. Not not this one. The real one. Uh, David, you got anything else, or should we get into final thoughts here? No, let's, uh, yeah, let's end it here. All right. So, uh, I'm definitely drawn to this one. Like, you know, uh, out, of, out of all the ones I've seen, like, this one, like, it's it's big, it's epic, it doesn't need to hold anything back. Mm-hmm. Um, and the things it adds benefit this version of the story. I appreciate... Um, I appreciate Legosi's like the the, uh, the universal version, uh, for its like because it's it's more interpersonal, it's subtle, but this gets higher marks because I like I think it's just uh it's a more entertaining movie. That said, Bella will always be my Dracula, but <laughs> nine uh nine Jamies, I'm gonna say. You know, I was I was actually getting to nine, I think too. So nice. yeah, nine Jamies. Solid, unanimous score there. Nice, nice. All of us have chosen nine. So, ready to move on to Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? You mean Frankenstein. It's Igor. (laughs) (laughs) They told me it was Igor. Well, they were wrong then, weren't they? (laughs) Ah, good times. Much unlike (laughs) Young Frankenstein, though, this was uh, no comedy. My first note. Listen, opening crawl. I came here because I didn't want to read. Ah. I forgot about it. I really did. For a, 
I, until you mentioned it, I forgot about it because the the structure of this story changes a lot. So, yeah, yeah, I forgot about the opening crawl. <laughs> um, yeah, it's and it's not even this important, one... really. Actually, yeah, no, not not at all. I I don't think I actually read it because I was in the middle of something. I was like, oh fuck, there's text on screen. Yeah, and you <laughs> literally get the whole story without it. So, yeah, I like. You know, there are so many things, like, obviously, you know, as I said before, I'm a huge fan of the uh, of the James Wales movie. So, like, anything's going to have, like, a hard time for me, like, living up to that. Uh, what I really enjoyed about this movie was seeing things uh, that aren't in that version that are in the novel. I don't know exactly, like, uh, how accurate this one is. There's a lot of things I know are, like, like, oh, that's what actually happens in the book. And there's other things where I'm like, I've never fucking heard of this before in my Fair life. Um, I really like the fact that we, we kind of do the uh, start from uh, start with the ending thing in the Arctic. Just because we never we just never see that in a Frankenstein movie. So, like, just seeing it from the beginning, like, knowing that we're going to get that was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> it was definitely exciting for me, too. And I will say... I am actually um, woefully unfamiliar with the novel. I, in theory, know pretty much what happens because, you know, I mean, I've seen, you know, probably a half dozen Frankenstein films or adaptations, right? So, right, you know, yeah. in theory, yes, I know what happens. But to be fair, I, you know, it's interesting that you say there's there's stuff in there that's been included in the novel but not necessarily in other films because for me um you know i was like oh wow i love that they build on what i'm so used to which is like basically us starting with you know a monster being cre created yes you know, there's so much more to it than that and um you know i just found it interesting i was i was beginning to wonder if we were actually going to see a monster or if it was going to be like one of those end things where you know it's literally right. just you know the monster is the the where we end it's where we <laughs> is the end goal basically yeah. exactly yeah which i think is like the what uh i think it's called victor frankenstein uh from a few years ago i think that's like what that movie does oh okay so one thing like we pick up from the very beginning of this movie uh victor's motivation for wanting to uh basically uh cheat death and you know uh, uh bring people back to life with his mother dying and then uh, not only that but you know uh, his mentor as well both of uh, both of those were like were great motivation for like you know him wanting to do this uh to do this uh to do this thing um <laughs> i'm i'm not sure like you know timeline wise if this is actually how it all played out in in the in the original source material but it's it's in, like for at least if if it's if it only exists here it's interesting to say the least mm -hmm. um basically trying to bring back his uh the the teacher um with the with the body of the man who killed him and getting to see uh, that guy <laughs> uh alive and kicking for a little while was was interesting as well <laughs> oh absolutely I just thought like oh shit like like seeing Robert De Niro pre monster was like oh shit <laughs> like this is the this is gonna be the boy this is this is the very good boy and this is our guy 
something I want to talk about, uh, since we're still kind of in the, the first act here, is um, the... Uh, the incest. Is, yes. <laughs> is right on the nose. Um, because... <laughs> How did I know? Like, we make it very clear at the beginning, they're not related. But they're making it creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I like you're my sister aren't you ugh, like I don't like, I'm guessing that, that that this has to be something that was in the original story it feels irrelevant yeah until they keep bringing it up for yeah. no reason like um like one of those awful you know um porn videos or whatever it's like <laughs> you know it's it's not crucial to the story element at all um, a few things are in an awful porn video, but I digress. Um, well, like, here's, the, here's the difference. You can't mute the, the movie. That's true. Yeah. You can't mute the movie and still get what you want, you know? <laughs> get what you want. I love it. No, it's true. It's true. And, you know, I, I have to say, I think the reason that it's included in those is for shock value and i'm still trying to figure out why it's included here i i guess it was just like if it's a part of the original story like it was probably included for shock value there as well that makes sense like it was it was probably more of a thing and it was probably more organic yeah and like here it's probably supposed to feel more like well i mean we're we're trying to make a faithful adaptation so it has to be there and it just it yeah it, like it ends up feeling just so like again yeah just irrelevant to the point where it's like like every time you bring this up like <laughs> the first thing they should have said was okay listen you know how my mom said that uh, you're my sister now yeah we're forgetting she said that <laughs> <laughs> and now we're gonna fuck <laughs> so there's uh, as he's kind of as he's kind of working on. Uh, on the creature and uh, and she shows up uh you know she's she's knocking on the door she's uh she's like victor answer the door i'm dressed like the quaker oatmeal guy come come answer the door uh, <laughs> it was interesting like how like they, he's kind of uh he's kind of like stuck there uh for the quarantine and everything the quarantine thing again i terribly unfamiliar so I don't know if it's an element they introduced for this version, but I loved that they did so, if so, because it makes the whole mob mentality so much more believable. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's amazing. I, I couldn't believe I hadn't thought of it in all the like iterations of the Frankenstein story that I've seen. I had never thought, you know what, there's a more natural way you can get people to be against this monster. You know, at least at right. first, because uh, you see this old lady screaming, he has cholera, it's him, it's him. Like, no, he's just seriously fucked up looking. <laughs> yeah. But they well, and I, that. I thought, like, I thought a part of it, by the way, uh, was that they recognized him as the man who was who was hung. Oh, that um, makes sense. Okay. Which I thought was, like, a great way of, like, especially because, like, that just happened. So right. it's like. That's true. You know. Uh, and it was a whole, like, every, everybody saw this guy, you know, get uh, get kicked off the ledge and, and uh, topple like Saddam. So he'd be recognizable. 
Sorry. <laughs> did, did you like that one? <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, speaking of, um, can we talk about how like poignant it is that he again gets hanged by by his own father just moments after creation? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I the was whole like, wow. Of course, that's. I mean, it's the... awesome, but you know, yeah. of course, you know that that fucking sucks because I know that he's not dead. Yeah. Well, it's like the whole like they had a very interesting take on the um, creation scene in this one. Um, mm, right. Definitely, like I mean, <laughs> like you know, I I don't I don't think it's as good as the the '30s version. Um, and uh, they certainly have uh, just as much like what the fuck is that thing for um, <laughs> as that version has. <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely not like any more clinical (laughs) but um that's true it's uh it's it was fun in its own right uh kenneth brenna you know he's uh running around with his shirt off showing off his abs uh because you because he can um it's hot in there and it's i I don't doubt it uh yeah no like that the creation scene was super interesting for this one i i really liked i really liked it you know for sort of its uniqueness here um and yeah no him like the whole situation of how he gets how he gets loose mm-hmm. and all of that is just like is 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 so like again it's just like it's it's such a fu- it's such a fun way to present it for sure and it's like intric- intricately planned too yes because it has those similarities to say you know the you know the coming across of the little girl or the blind man in earlier yeah. renditions but it's not just at the foothills of this frankenstein castle it's like he's crossing the countryside like looking for his yes. dad in this in this whole thing and it's i don't know it's it's a good way to like you said it's a good motivation yeah you know and it's not just for frankenstein that there's a good motivation also the monster has good motivation i really i really loved his interactions with the family um, yeah. like mm-hmm. just from like the, like him, like, oh, they're like, oh, you know, you, we need like 20 men to, to pull up all this yes. stuff. Well, who has the strength of 20 men? He does them a solid. I love it. Um, and then, <laughs> uh, like all, just like all of his, like, you know, he's like the, he th- they, th- they think he's like this kind forest spirit or whatever. Mm, right. Yeah. Um, I loved all of that stuff. Uh, I love his, his very short interaction with the blind man after sort of like i guess like a landlord or yeah uh whomever comes comes over and he he uh takes care of him <laughs> the one the one thing that bothers me it was just like when uh when the father comes home and you know starts beating on him i'm like speak up blind man <laughs> i know right like i mean like, to be fair blind man was yelling hey no yeah. leave him alone but it's like oh what you're not going to listen to the guy who just got you know mugged you're not going to take his account. This and... isn't the guy. Yeah. yeah. I like, and yeah, so, uh, they, they, uh, they broke my guy's heart and fuck them. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Man, it, it, like it was, it was, it was heartbreaking. Uh, stupid like, little know, kid. You, yeah. Fucking little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I wish she got tossed in the lake. He hurt my grandpa. Who did? <laughs> that man over there. Like, no, shut up and tell me which man, because I'm about to beat some shit. 
I'll beat everybody. <laughs> you know, this isn't too much of a spoiler since we haven't gotten to the end, but isn't it interesting that, you know, it's pretty much just a bunch of people going through shit. There's no real monster here, if you think about it. Yeah. In this particular narrative. Yeah. I, I, I just, I really like how everything plays out here. Like, it's, it, whereas the last movie didn't feel quite as interpersonal, um, this one, this one kind of does. Like, mm. ev- like there's, there's lots of cause and effect here. And, like, it doesn't, it never, like, just spells it out for you. You know, it doesn't treat you like a dumb little baby and holds your hand. It lets you piece it together. Like, oh, because he did this, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, uh, the 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 monster, arrives at um, at uh, you know at Frankenstein's house. Basically, I I was unclear if the monster actually killed the kid, uh, uh, Victor's brother, or if he just scared him and then like he died in an unrelated way. He said he killed him. He did. He said he said it, but I never saw it happen. Oh, okay. And okay. like he he like he ran away from him, and it didn't seem like he pursued. So that like then again then again I could be remembering it wrong. So that like that did throw me for a loop. I was like, is he fucking with him right now to like try and you know? You know what? You're right. Like maybe it was just a like scare tactic. And like I'm going to assume because like we never got another explanation and he says he killed him like okay he probably did it um but like <laughs> on the other hand <laughs> there's that there's that uh fan theory for you <laughs> sure yeah a little bit of ambiguity self-serving um, ambiguity yeah <laughs> uh but then we have uh the other person which this was a little odd. Um, it it kind of it kind of felt a little bit out of place. She's uh she's uh walking around. Where are you? I'm I'm tired. Yeah, what is that? I'm tired. I'm tired. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sleep in this barn because I'm tired. Where are you? <laughs> that was so weird. There were uh, there were at least two moments that were really strange to me, as far as like you know being like irrelevant dialogue and that was one of yeah. them yeah so she she just crashes in the barn and i like you know what happens with it um sure because basically she you know uh everyone knows that uh she was sweet on frankenstein and uh like oh she must she must have been jealous and that's why uh cuz she had like the the locket and everything mm-hmm. uh it's like oh like she must have killed uh killed his brother because she was jealous um so jealous and so jealous <laughs> you are just like a rat looking for a food <laughs> <laughs> but um so then we get her hanging scene which uh sheesh <laughs> god that was uh, that scene was brutal then we get what is probably because uh, basically the monster reveals like you know his hand and all of this, um, and we get a scene that honestly feels like it was tailor made for me <laughs> because like they go into like this little basically a little ice cave, and mm, uh, right. the monster and Victor have an intelligent conversation, and it's so great. I was very moved by it. To be fair. You never get to see anything like that in one of these movies. No. You usually get, you know, like, uh, you get a little bit of it in Bride of Frankenstein. 
but sure. um, having the monster speak, number one, is very rare. But, like, having them just, like, sit down and have an interaction and talk about, like, you know, the effects of, you know, uh, what all uh, they've done to each other, basically. Oh, that's that's bananas. I love it so much. <laughs> and to, um, I, I don't know, not only to hear him reason, but to just see that, you know, he's learning in the first place, like, throughout. Yeah. And before he meets Frankenstein again. Um, it's it's interesting because you already know that he's smart or at least capable of being because he has the brain of uh, the mentor. Yeah. You know, yeah, he it, doesn't have like the abnormal brain uh, in this one. Right. Yeah, they didn't bother doing that, so it makes perfect sense. It, it, they instead made sure that you knew who the brain was coming from and you got to interact with him. He's a reasonable... And, like, you know, a highly thinking guy. So it's like, yeah, yeah, you have all the tools for you to be able to assume maybe he'll have a conversation. And then it happens, and you're like, yes, all right. It's so great. It's so great and so rare. Um, so he, uh, yes, oh, yeah. Um, it's a, this is a great, uh, I mean, you know, all like pretty much any good Frankenstein movie is a good tragedy. Yeah. So this this definitely fits that mold in very different ways, um, and so we get the uh, he he tells that he tells him that he wants someone like him uh, to, to, uh, have to not hold. only be his to have and to hold to be his friend and his bride, and that they'll go to the North Pole, they'll get the fuck out of here, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll never see him again. Right. Uh, sounds like a pretty good deal. So when he has to agree to it, he uh, uh, Victor goes to his wife. And, uh, you know, like, can't really communicate anything that's happening. Um, so, uh, so he unpacks and she packs (laughs) and that's a great scene. It's really telling of his character too, that he's like willing to agree to this and then just run off. (laughs) Yes. And still not tell his wife to be anything. Yeah, like, everything that happens within, like, this little, like, pretty much, like, you could kind of call this, like, we're, we're in the third act of the movie at this point. Sure. Um, like, it's, like, everything that happens here, like, uh, all the betrayals that are going on at once, uh, basically having to turn his bride into the monster's bride. Right. Um. A literal bride of Frankenstein. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> for real this time right and then when things go wrong she fucking sets herself on fire bro <laughs> yeah she do it's such an awesome scene she's like running through the halls the whole place is going up so we go back to the uh the the uh, what's the goings on in the north pole right and uh we uh we get the scene where like basically they uh well uh so victor passes away and then uh the monster arrives just in time to basically like see his funeral i think they they're they're talking to him and i mean that whole uh scene is great uh the what they did was fantastic uh the uh he never gave me a name uh thing Mm -hmm. right what i was kind of wishing for was for him to say frankenstein 
for him to t- to take the name Frankenstein, yeah, right. and then you like everyone who calls him Frankenstein's right now. <laughs> exactly. I was hoping the same thing. That's so funny. Um, but still yeah, a good no, line. I no, yeah, I I still like it. Definitely still hit home. I was I definitely just had a selfish need for a different line. Um, but yeah, any any final thoughts, David? Uh, no, no. I think the ending was incredible, though. I mean, I'm just going to say that. Yeah. You know, I think it is totally different from anything I really expected. So um, it was definitely very uh, surprising, but appropriate for this version. Nice. For me, you know, like, I, I this movie gets a lot of flack, actually. I, f- I found out that apparently, like, people didn't like this. Um, and I don't know if it's just, like, they expected more after dracula mm, or if okay. they just didn't like this interpretation of the story i mean like the the 30s movie like sort of almost kind of modernizes it to that era sure um to a degree um so like i wonder if they just didn't kind of like the setting and everything uh for me i do feel like the first half is a little is a little sluggish um not that bad honestly but like i could see where like that would like anytime I'm gonna if I I feel like I'm gonna sit down to watch this movie I feel like I'm gonna be wary of that uh, before I do, right? But that said, you know while I I still prefer the Universal movie this uh, it this doesn't deserve its bad reputation. Uh, it's a great take on the story has a lot of things that I again like I had never seen before in other versions and I really appreciated them being here. Robert De Niro's great. Oh yeah, '90s and before that goes without saying. So for me, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna give this uh, 7.8 Jamie's. You asshole! <laughs> I was literally gonna say 7.5. Now you make it seem like oh. I'm copying you. Oh boy, you got You got to go with a with a not with a non uh, five or ten number. A non five or ten number. Uh, seven point seven. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> now I'm totally copying you. So anyway, David. How are how are how are things? No. Um. Now for our chat segment. Yeah. Now for the chat part. Now now for the call in portion of the show. Our phones are ready. Ring ring. Hello? Hello. I'm here. Chris? To enjoy some Illumination Cinema movie podcast. Chatting. Is that good enough? Yeah, no, that's perfect. That's perfect. Um, But yeah, okay. So a, a, a couple a couple things here before we before we end. Uh, obviously, this is the this is the season finale, folks, of, uh, of uh, what is this? Season six? Um, you tell me. And so uh, there won't be a podcast next month, but we'll be back in December. This Saturday, October 24th, you can catch us live on our Facebook page, Illum- uh, or uh, facebook.com slash Illumination Cinema, and uh, see the IC Halloween Party. It's a, uh, it's a stream show where we'll have a bunch of our you know uh, uh, spooky-themed uh, short films. We'll be playing some horror trivia 
and we'll have the online premiere of our newest short film, Nightmare Drive, which David and I are the producers for. And then, not only that, but uh, we've started a new thing. Uh, we have a Twitch now, twitch.tv slash Illumination Cinema, yep. where we're now trying to stream every Thursday, uh, at least once a week. So uh, come check that out as, it, as it's going on. Who's folks. up next? Which asshole? Uh, I'm up next. but this I, asshole. I don't, uh, Hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, <laughs> this will be out before Thursday. So oh, that fair won't enough. Be... Whatever. Who cares? Um, we have a rotating cast. We're playing a lot of different stuff. So uh, come in, check it out, have a good time, go pet a dog, uh, and have a happy Halloween. Bye. listening to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. For updates on this show and their other projects, get your parents' permission to go to IlluminationCinema.com. Point me in the right direction. Just point me in any direction. As long as I get my jollies out of kicking someone's ass, <laughs> I'll assume that justice has been served. <laughs> um, Turn it into a Mark Wahlberg thing. Oh, sorry. That's not... Yeah, cut that. You can't say that. I think he's forgiven, right? No. No. Oh, okay. If he is, he shouldn't be. I agree. Uh, listen if you have a uh if you have a hate crime section on your wikipedia page then fuck you <laughs> so anyway frankenstein <laughs> we were ta- we were talking about some real monsters there <laughs>